Hello and welcome to the Womankind Collective podcast with me, Lou Hawkins-Thompson and me, Jinty Sheeran. Join us and our wonderful guests for a fun and educational weekly chat talking about women's health and the extraordinary of everyday life whilst battling our hormones and doing the laundry. Today we meet Vanessa Miles, a photographer with a passion for the environment, who in 2020 created Well Image, a not-for-profit organisation using creative photography projects to improve well-being. We chat with Vanessa about the aims of Well Image, which are closely aligned to the NHS five steps to well-being. We find out how we can use photography as a lens to look differently at the world around us. And Vanessa generously shares some great photography in nature tips. In the book collective, we discuss two more chapters of our book club book, Caitlin Moran's What About Men? Find out how we are getting on with our WI this week. Don't miss that. Um, And finally, we will have a quote for the week. Um, But before all that, um, we've had some great comments again this week, Lou, haven't we? We certainly have. So the lovely Jin Janhinge Victoria commented, what a combo. This this was our um, interview with the lovely Dr. Nagat. What a combo. And Emma Ellis Flint said, oh, how wonderful to have the amazing Dr. Nagat Arif on your podcast. Mm. They all like Dr. Nagat, don't they? Um, Yeah. What's your picture said? Wonderful. I've booked marked it. And Menstrual Health Project commented, love this. We can't wait to listen. And the gorgeous one, the Razia, Mm -hmm. told us, just listen to the episode with Dr. Nagat Arif. I loved hearing of South Asian women representing our community and her approach to understanding how to collaborate with other communities yeah. to improve health outcomes, e.g. the dough balls and pee exercise. So simple that, so wasn't simple. it? Yeah. My mum spoke Punjabi and what Dr. Arif's mum said is exactly the kind of thing my mother would say to me. <laughs> I was always in trouble. I can imagine that. I can't believe it, Razia. (laughs) I cannot believe it. And lovely Rachel said, what a wonderful podcast. Dr. Nigat Arif is so passionate about her subject. I feel we need a thousand duplicates. Yes. I think so as well. Mrs. Menacor said, please do share about my, me, moi's plantar fasciitis. Yes. All I can say is it's well, bloody painful. Listen to the WI, you'll probably hear more. It's, it's, just, it's an ongoing saga, Mrs. Menacles. Um, and Mrs. Menacles also added nips, she says, with an exclamation mark. And this was in response to the 21 metre British architectural rule we talked about last week, Lou, didn't we? Yes, we did. Where 21 metres was the length men 120 years ago decided you couldn't see a woman's nipples from so that houses backed onto each other would be 21 metres apart. Um, so she says, please remind me to tell you about the nipples and the spirit level trick. Ooh. I'm a sewist who regularly retrofits pockets into garments and we're suitably intrigued. I aren't know. We? I did think, am I going to have to get um, a measury thing, not a measury thing, a spirit level and rest on my boobs? I don't know how that works with pockets. What's it's got? To, I'm I'm intrigued. I, we yeah. need to know these things. You can't just leave Nip, us dangling. Don't leave us a hanging. <laughs> don't leave those nipples dangling. No. And lastly, the cancer campaigner on Instagram liked the quote for the week, saying, "A lovely lady I know used that quote when I said about my little voice trying to make a difference." 
she was right. After 17 months of campaigning to raise awareness of gynecological cancers and asking companies to add information to their packages on relevant products, Bodyform listened to my little voice and now have a QR code on their packaging leading directly to the Eve Appeal website. So pleased that my little voice did just that. D- just need other companies to follow suit now. She was that little mosquito she buzzing was. away. Fantastic. Well Good done. for you. That really is heartwarming. It's, it is really how things get changed, isn't it? And how's your week been, gents? It's been all right, actually, Lou. We'll discuss our um, escapades with the WI um, later. <laughs> um, but this week, um, well, next week, if you're when, depending on when you're listening to this, it's a leap year. We only have one every four years. So I, I found out some fun facts about oh, leap year. Funny facts. Yes. Did you know, Lou, that during leap years, January, April and July all start on the same day? Never. Yep, they do. You check that out and they do. Did you know there's an official leap year cocktail? Oh. Yes, unsurprisingly, it's called the Leap Year Cocktail, crafted on the 29th of February, 1928. The Leap Year Cocktail is a well-rounded martini alternative. It's gin with Grand Marnier. Um, so, you know, you might like, like to try. the sound of the Grand Marnier. Grand Marnier is orange, isn't it? Is it an orange yeah. flavour? Mm, I quite like a bit of orange. Yeah. Um, and we've also got people born on the 29th of February are called leap leaplings or leapers. Ah, uh, I'd like to be a leaper. Yeah. Well, my mum and dad got married. A dual leaper. So what would they, a dual leaper. That my mum and dad would be a dual leapers, wouldn't they? They would. Yes, because they got married. They, didn't get, they weren't married very long, though, were they? No, they weren't. They only had an, I think my dad was quite happy with that. I think he planned <laughs> that. We only have to buy a present every four years. Yeah, good so, old yes, Reg. So enjoy your extra day this this year. Um, also, Lou, now we're talking to Vanessa later about photography, aren't we? But have you ever wondered what your own minds, about your own mind's eye and about what it can see? No. Well, I have because a few years ago I went to an exhibition, an art exhibition, and it was all about this thing called aphantasia and hypo aphantasia and it was all by artists um and what they could see or couldn't see in their mind's eye so i'm just going to do what a little does it mean i'm going to tell you oh okay. okay so have you ever pondered why some people can draw or paint something like a juicy shiny apple so vividly from memory while others draw a blank or just a faint outline well i used to wonder this because doing i used to love doing mm. quite a lot of art and they used to say just do it from memory I'm thinking, well, I can't. I I need something in front of me or a photo. Um, Well, apparently, we don't all see, imagine, or remember um, in the same hue, clarity, or intensity. So, hyperphantasia is a condition where you have an extremely vivid mental imagery. So, it's almost so vivid, you're not sure whether it's actually happened, whether it's real. It's so wow. vivid in your in your mind's eye. Um, the, the opposite condition is aphantasia, where mental visual imagery is not present at all. Um, the experience of hyperphantasia is more common than aphantasia and has been described as being as vivid as uh, a see actually seeing. So aphantasia only affects four percent of the whole. Uh, world population. So where do you think you might be on the spectrum, Lou? When you, if I was to say, imagine your husband's face, can you, can you see it quite clearly? 
Um, I've got another test. Yeah, no, not really. I can't. No. There's a simple test, right, okay. to determine if you have aphantasia. So imagine a red apple. Yes. I'm closing my eyes and close your at eyes. It. Try to visualize it in your mind's eye. What do you see? So some people will conjure up clear images of an apple. Some might see blurry ones, and a few can't see anything at all. Do you know what? I can't see anything at all. Not an it. No image. No round shape. So okay. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. There you go. What about a sunset? If I said, can you see a sunset? Yeah, I can see a sunset. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's like from um, menopause. It, I wonder if it makes any difference. There might be some studies. I used to do quite a bit yeah. of art before. Yeah. From memory. From memory. Oh. Interesting. Oh, you've just diagnosed me, Dr. Ginsburg. I have, yes. Well, you can do, oh. you can do, there's a really good test. Um, so if you if you can see really, really clearly, like, perfectly seeing this red apple if you're doing this at home and you can see it and you can see it shining and you can see the shape and everything you you probably might have hyperphantasia if you can see an apple that's realistic and reasonably clear um you've got fantasia which I quite like. It's PH, not like F, oh, oh. like not like the Mickey Mouse film. Aww. Um and that then hypophantasia is I, I've done the test and, and I did the test when we went to the exhibition as well. There was someone there doing it. So I have hypophantasia. It's dim, vague or faint outlines. <laughs> it's, it's not describing me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the cap fits. I think it's fitting me. <laughs> definitely dim and vague. That's definitely us in menopause. Me. <laughs> and if you get no image... So some people get no image at all. Um, they are only thinking of a red apple. So you might be thinking of the words red apple, but you can't actually see a red apple. Then you've got aphantasia. So when someone says they're counting sheep to fall asleep or talks about their imaginary friend from childhood, they're actually picturing those scenarios from those with a highly visual, visual imagination. They're not just metaphors, they're real images. If you find yourself in the latter category, understanding that you've always interpreted phrases like mind's eye or counting sheep as mere metaphors, you probably have aphantasia. Um, and if you want to delve deeper into that, there is a VVIQ, um, it's a recognized test, it's free, that will help you determine if you have it. We're going to put the link on the podcast show notes. It's nothing wrong with you, it's, it's not a condition really that you have it's a characteristic yeah but I think it really helps because if you're doing anything to do with photography or art it would have really helped me to know that at school yeah. because I really really struggled and I think it would help teachers know that if they're teaching oh, anything to do with imagination because you've got the different types of learning like the visual the yeah. kinesthetics and yeah. the audio Bing. I'm more of a kinesthetic I'm more of a doer I do I learn yeah. I yeah. don't listen I wasn't on a school one score once at work about um, if I was an audio um, learner I, and I was doing it with my then boss at the time, I think I scored 1%. And she went, I knew you never listened to me. Like, no. We, no, but we do all learn differently, exactly. don't we? And it's the same with our mind's eye. Yeah. And it's the same with if you saw, I don't know, a bank robbery, you and I would, might remember it differently. But again, depending on our, not so much our, our memory 
sees things differently as well but our visualization of the actual of what happened yeah. and what people look you like. would probably look at how they were moving and everything with your yoga and i would probably look at the type of hair they had well, how's your week been, Lou? Well, after we were just rudely cut off there we, by, we by technologies. Technology's not great. Goodness me. How dare it. So talking of cutting off, I want to talk about pubic hair on the catwalk. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, the bush is once again fashionable thanks to Jean Galliano's spring collection. Oh, he's always pushed the limits. Yes, he? well, he's pushing the bush now. It quite literally is shining a light on pubic hair. And to quote Vogue, the Vogue magazine, um, through some of Galliano's uh, beautifully delicate hourglass dresses, there was pubic hair to be seen through tulle and lace. They were merkins on underwear, but still bound to stir up a storm. I've, I haven't seen any pictures of you. Did oh, you see photos? Yes. So when you say merkins on underwear, well, actually merkins underneath the underwear or on no, the top? No, because, because it was tulle and lace. So it was very see-through in certain areas. Oh. And there was a big bush. So it was very obvious. It wasn't oh, like a mistake. Oh, no. And I, I, I don't think they'd have been able to grow those overnight, those models. No, probably not. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about it as well. Like, like, like Gen, Gen Z, Gen Z. So they're opting um, out of shaving their pubic hair now and they're letting it all grow out. Good. It's much better for you, oh, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But us Gen Xers, I think we're, we're just embracing our bodies full stop, aren't we? Hair and stretch marks, scars and all yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it stops growing there after yeah, a while anyway, and, apparently. And, and thing is, we won't have to bother about Merkins. That's just got it all going on. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. I love the word Merkin. I know. We used to say that a lot in the 80s, Yeah, we didn't did. We? Came Merkin. from like the so porn industry as well at one stage in the seventies yeah. to have a big Merkin, big Merkin, a big yeah. Bush. But the Victorians had Merkin. Yes, they did. They? they liked a bit of hair. Yeah. Well, there you go. So yeah. So if anyone um, would like to add to that conversation, you've got, and you've got time now between now and summer to yes. to, to to grow to grow everything out. Let it all hang Let out. Let it all apparently. hang out and be be in, you know, because it yeah. always takes a season to come through, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, make the most of it. You'll miss it when it's gone as exactly. you get older, like your it's, eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, or as it ends, as leave, leaves your pubic hair and ends up on your chin. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a nice moustache now, pubic hair moustache. Sultan <laughs> darling, they call you Lou. <laughs> Our guest today is Vanessa Miles, who has been working in photography all her adult life. She had an early passion for the environment, which led her to work as a photographer on Greenpeace ship, on a Greenpeace ship, and then to set up the UK's first independent picture agency in 18... 18. What's your old, <laughs> Vanessa? 1989. <laughs> Specialising in environmental issues. Her photography career has been varied, but her passion for the environment has remained throughout. In 2020, largely as a response to the pandemic, Vanessa created Well Image, a non-for-profit organisation using creative photography projects to improve well-being. The aims are very closely aligned to the NHS's five steps to well-being, which are well-researched. They are um, engage with nature, connect socially with others, practice being present, increase activity and learn a new skill. Through running a live online photography workshops, Vanessa has discovered that the courses are having the greatest impact on those that are the most isolated, which includes those experiencing high levels of anxiety, 
whatever the cause, long-term health conditions or disability. So welcome, Vanessa. Welcome, Vanessa. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, so tell us a bit more about Well Image. So Well Image is what, what you're sort of doing now. Uh, tell us a bit more how and how well, it came it's, about. It's what, it's what I do with most of my time now. Um, and it came about really, I mean, it, it, it's lots of things have led to it, but the pandemic kind of really made it happen you know yeah. there was a real need and so I took some of you know I've been involved in photography in lots of guises through my life and teaching photography but when the pandemic came I brought some of the groups that I was teaching online and then it, one thing led to another really um I then connected with quite a few organizations I kind of had a I had a hunch that this was going to be really beneficial for people mm. and actually before the pandemic there was a story of somebody I was teaching one-to-one who came to me who was agoraphobic the camera got them out of the house one step at a time literally out of the front door and I think that sowed a kind of seed um, and then I started working with organizations during the pandemic and as we came out of the pandemic such as Devon Recovery Learning Community that are part of the NHS uh, Living Options which is a wonderful accessibility charity Age UK Devon um, Tall Bay Community Trust and basically you know the had poor mental health before the yeah. pandemic hit but yeah. the pandemic really brought everything to the fore didn't it yeah it did and so um I had a hunch that it was going to be helpful to people, but I really didn't know until we, we got our first lottery grant and we actually ran quite a few workshops with these organisations and started collecting data. And we, what we really found were those that, well, who who were really, really isolated. Who, um, so even when the pandemic, we came out of the pandemic, they really didn't, weren't able to connect to other projects um, yeah. in their communities. And a lot of these people have, we discovered, were either, um, I mean, there were kinds of ages um, and backgrounds, but they may have a high level of anxiety for, for whatever reason. It's gone on from there, really. And um, it's been amazing. It's just um, what they've what they've reported is that the Zoom technology that's kind of helped this to kind of happen has been beneficial for them because they they've it's given them an opportunity to dip their toe in the water yeah. and they feel like there's no kind of pressure to I mean they do speak on zoom in a group but they can just stand back a bit or just be present with and not actually show their face if they don't want to and that process of being able to come in bit by bit has helped lots of people yeah, I bet it has. It's made it it's much more inclusive and much more accessible to a lot of people who wouldn't necessarily book up for a six week course in a or village hall or, a, or yeah. a face to face thing, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of our audience are, are women. So um, many of them are experiencing high levels of anxiety due to menopause um, or, or just like life stresses in general. And there's chronic stress and chronic health conditions. So how can creative photography help them so you talked about them actually managing to get out the house and take some do some take some photos how else can it help Vanessa well it acts as a bit of a catalyst so even though it's online and as a group it's, if you kind of imagine a book group 
it's like a cozy group people well, there's there's ground rules about you know that it's non-competitive and a lot of photography things can be can mm. be put people off yeah so the idea is they do a task between the sessions and or activity I'd call it really mm. um and uh, these are uploaded to the to me and then I share them back to them when we when we meet up again and then I present you know we, we talk about those images or, or people encouraged to talk about their own images and then I introduce a new subject or topic that is really there for inspiration for the next task and so yeah. on so it's quite a simple idea um and people feel like they need a bit of if they need got that you know if you if you give people ask people to take pictures of nature out there that's just too wide you have yeah. to get really tight uh kind of project idea and then that gives them something to work with and it may be something as simple as looking for small things and becoming just finding treasure you know yeah I like to, I like to call it uh treasure hunting for grown-ups really and to kind of bring that, <laughs> <I> like that. <laughs> kind of playfulness in yeah. and so in fact we had somebody um who's on a group I'm walking, working with at the moment and she hunts for sea glass on beaches and she finds little tiny jewels of beautiful sea glass that might be bright green against the um yeah. the pebbles and the act of actually doing that is quite mindful anyway yeah you, know, you do that sometimes I do. Yeah, yeah I do it's, <laughs> it is my it is mindful because yeah. that, you're just looking all the time and they're, they're things of beauty aren't yeah. they yeah but like you say being in the moment yeah. you're not taking any notice of anything going on around you or what happened this morning or what's happening later on you're looking for these little treasures Lovely. and also I mean I we we give them ideas that you know, even if it's very grey, it's like it is today, you know, it's a very kind of green, grey, Devon right. day. Yeah. And you think, well, there's no light, there's no shadow, it's not so interesting. But actually, there's lots you can do. And even when it's just been raining, um, you know, might look for, say, raindrops. Um, and people report quite early on that, oh, I just walk past this place and I never, I've, I've never really noticed these things before. And now I'm noticing them. So that's really lovely. Mm. Um, and also the, the act of, I mean, doing anything in a group is good for your well-being, but doing something creative and particularly photography, you know, photography can take you outside and give you a reason to be outside. And we know how beneficial that is. And there's lots of, research about positive images uh coming out you know about how you're making new memories and new pathways in the brain actually and you're having a, what what some of our, of our participants say is you're having a kind of little holiday from yourself you know um and i just think it's i mean i've witnessed it be very very powerful um and i've also found you know i've got two rare but unrelated health conditions that I've struggled with in the past and I found that it's really really helped me um so yeah it's been it, it's been wonderful and it does as you say I'm just looking again those the NHS five steps it, it encompasses all, all that in one practice doesn't it makes you look doesn't it that's yeah. basically yeah. it we're all kind of in our heads and we're not looking up we're not looking down we're just in our heads most of the time aren't we? and also often looking at our height the, the way how we stand at our yes. height 
and we encourage people to look up and look down yeah. Um, yeah and to look at their own environment and even if they haven't got you know they can't get very far we've had people that can't leave the house and we'll help them with projects within the house and looking at light and maybe the light coming through a window on on a house plant and the shadow mm. um and and we'll concentrate on the particular season so now even though it can be quite cold and you know it looks quite gray when we do have bright days we have very bright days and very long shadows because the sun's so low mm. and that's amazing for photography yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. i noticed the other day i've got a basil plant in my window and the sun was shining in and i thought what's that on the wall and it looked like a giant triffid yeah just a reflection of like a hazy shadow <laughs> but it was rather beautiful and um, so you must have seen um so many changes in technology and cameras um can we ask about your thoughts on cameras on our phones i mean they've changed the way we take um photos altogether haven't they i mean but there there are pros and cons aren't there i mean we've always got it on us which is probably a good thing but I think it's there's some like any any new tech well it's not new now but I, any technology there's positives and negatives and I think the phone has made photography really accessible for mm. people and it, there is you know a a, a white you know a lot of people are interested in photography and I think that's great and if you can you know being on the screen a lot of the time is not particularly good for you but if if you're out photographing most of the time you're actually looking you're not actually be taking your yeah, picture yeah, yeah. and I, I use it as a kind of sketchbook as well to give me ideas for things I might do or you know um and also the other thing people have reported is they've been photographing something and somebody's come up to them and said what what are you doing and they'll they'll have these little encounters and those encounters are really important in people's well-being. It's not just good relationships, you know, with um, friends and family, but but those little encounters with people in the community, just a few words they're exchanged are really uh, to our own sense of well-being. Yeah, I love that. And not only are you then helping yourself, somebody comes and talks to you, you're you're maybe aiding their day, aren't you? They might go away and think, oh, yeah, I might look at yeah, these birds do, yeah. or whatever they were looking at. Never noticed that before. Uh, yeah, one thing, it has a knock-on effect, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so with your online courses, um, Vanessa, do you need to have a proper camera or can you use your iPhone? Um, you can use and other makes are available. Yeah. Um, most people use phones if people um have cameras and even if they if they're very if they know what they're doing with the camera they're welcome on on the course and if they're using their camera just in all the automatic settings that's fine but most people tend to be on their phones um and all that's all that's needed what people do need to do when they come on the course is know how to uh, upload their images somehow from that phone to something called wetransfer.com which is a site that allows quite big files to come through so my email doesn't get all clogged up and it really helps me um yeah so that that's really good um yeah so it really doesn't matter and if you if you're really new fairly new to it and you're you're just in you just like photography but you feel like you're a complete beginner that's absolutely fine yeah, yeah, so you've got a min minimal outlay, really, as well. No outlay, because you'll be using your phone, won't yeah. you? And then if 
you know you can progress yeah. I suppose yeah and I suppose it is more about it. a lot of it is about the looking as you say not the mm. actual and do you do you sort of help people with I suppose you've had to stay up uh, with with the technology of the phones in that case because they do all sorts of things photography wise, yeah. don't they so do you sort of do you teach them you know how to do certain things with with their phones or um I do and it comes up in the chat quite a bit about like there are apps and things yeah. that people so often the group people in the group have discovered something and they share it with the group uh sometimes people don't know what quite how to you know that they, they can use it on a portrait mode or they can under it they can actually make the picture darker or lighter when they're taking it or you know there's so there, there's things that come up in the group, but I want it to be as inclusive as possible. So we don't go too much into technology when it comes to cameras. Um, uh, at the moment, we are thinking we are actually um, working on a level two program where people who are comfortable using cameras will will yeah. come on that course. Yeah. So is it more to do with looking for the right thing to take a photo of and, and framing it properly and taking it from different angles, that sort of thing? Yes, it is. And yeah. and it's, it's often using nature, not always, but nearly mostly we are on a kind of nature theme. But that doesn't mean it's a traditional wildlife or yeah. flower kind of kind of picture. It, it's it, we might be using it in a very artistic way. So I often bring in. The history of photographers from the history of photography, contemporary art photographers, things that that are going to make people really think about what you know mm. projects they can do. Yeah. And uh, there's a that there's so many photographers there, and I don't really have a favourite. Um, yes, going to ask you that. If you do, you have a favourite. It, it it yeah it's it's. I don't think I've got I, I there's so many photographers out there that I'm really inspired by mm. and and actually in my professional life I've been very much a people photographer but I'm I've always loved nature and there are people that that I kind of um chose examples to, to get people uh to think up projects that they can do themselves long term and one at the moment that I'm particularly interested in and I've shown him a few times and people really respond to what he's been doing is a guy called Sebastian uh, Magnani who's a Italian photographer but he actually uses mirrors um, that he photographs on the ground so you see the ground and the round mirror and then you see the sky reflected in the mirror mm -hmm. and so he's put, done lots of versions of this and that, that that can look fantastic they look like mini planets um, wow. and I might show that and that 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 particular example has led people to come up with their own fairly you know yeah. uh, projects linked to that you know yeah. it's another perspective isn't it so it's another another way of being creative and, and looking looking at different things yeah it just makes you think differently yeah, doesn't it rather it than just taking your camera out at your height and just clicking it makes you think outside the box a yeah, bit. yeah definitely so can you Vanessa can you give us three tips for taking better care of our well-being by taking better photos right number <laughs> one actually use the photography as an excuse to get out regularly yeah um so I'd say that in itself like you know go go on a short walk however if you can what you know whatever the weather get out regularly and make a task of say photographing one thing in particular that you notice each time you go 
but so look around to see what's coming out especially this time of year it's great because a lot of a lot of things have died back but what's coming through is really visible yeah. um so i would say make that a regular exercise mm -hmm. rather than a particular project i would i would say you know make that regular exercise and actually talking about projects and ideas um something that happens in the winter you see trees in a way that you don't see them the rest of the year you see the structure of the tree and if it's very bright day you get shadows from those trees or, or you just using the trees you know yeah. be great yeah um, so a theme a theme is is a good idea um because then you before you know it you see it everywhere and then you go out to great lengths to find it yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's good um, and the other thing, the third thing I would say is to actually share the photos. So when you're actually taking them, it, it can be quite nice when somebody comes up to you and asks what you're yeah. doing. Um, but also show it to friends or family because that, like many of our participants, it's like giving people something positive to talk about other than their illness or their, the way they, you know, what's going on that's not so good, you know. Um, it's a positive, so, isn't it? It's taking those yeah. positives, yeah. yeah, different a different focus, isn't it? Different way of of looking at things. I love that. I can feel a new um, WI coming on. <laughs> so can I. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice, nice, yeah. Invitation to do something different, and and because a lot of people, because we've both got dogs, and my dog's getting very old, and we always say it's great because they make you get out, no matter how you're feeling. It's raining, it's cold, whatever. You have to get out, and I think for anyone without a dog, <laughs> that that wants a purpose, that would that would that be would really be wonderful, one. wouldn't it? Yeah, Most definitely. And and then another thing, if you haven't got a dog and you walk around and you stop and look at something, people think you're a bit, a bit odd sometimes. <laughs> but if you've got a camera or a phone, we're so used to people taking pictures now that it yeah. doesn't odd. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's a it's a nice thing to do, really nice thing to do. And actually, some people report that they prefer their dogs. Somebody to take hold of their dog so they can really concentrate yeah. so that they can yeah. stay in the moment and not yeah. be pulled into, you know, the next, throw next a ball. Thing. Yes, <laughs> I've been shouted out because your dog's had a poo while you've been taking a photo yeah. <laughs> or something. Of course, photos of dogs are rather nice as well, aren't exactly. they? Well, the yes. They're still yeah. long enough. Yeah. 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 Is there anything else you'd like to, um, you know, tell us about? We're going to put all your information, your website, social media, all that um, on our uh, podcast show notes but what what is do you have a website where people can book um, courses yes yeah, so www.wellimage.co.uk is the website um, there is a new course coming up on the starting in the evening Tuesday the March the 12th um, and there is actually a 20% discount with a code which is the code is well photo um, so that's one thing that's coming up. So you Brilliant. can go, you can find that on the website under online courses. Um, and you can subscribe to be in newsletters, um, you know, to be on the, uh, yes, on, on the list, mailing list. Um, and actually we have an exhibition going up as we speak right now. Um, and that's running from the 6th of February to the 10th of March at Exeter Phoenix uh, Walkway. Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll have to go up there, Lou, won't we? If you live in if you live in or around Devon, come down to the Phoenix and have a look. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, so people so actually much. get to see their work being exhibited, yes, and, which is lovely. And what, 
what's important with that really is kind of what they're saying it does for them. So there's uh, text along with the photos. Um, yeah, so that's really exciting. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go and take some photos, even though it is grey. I know. Right yeah, I'm definitely going to get. Well, I would. My, the good, like you say, going back to the phones, you've always got your camera on you now. I remember the days before phones where I think, oh, I've only had my camera. I'd never got it my around mom my mum carries hers everywhere in her handbag. A camera, does she? Oh, and they're like, oh, grandma. She's still got a film. <laughs> has she got a film? No, she, it? has, she has moved to digital now, but yeah, only just. And a lot, I mean, that's what's really interesting as well. It's like a lot of people who are much older that didn't have phones has been and, and or weren't using Zoom. Um, yeah. Since the pandemic in particular, people have got onto Zoom that would, would never have. Yeah. So it's a whole new world for them, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, really that's just has. triggered what I was going to want because you mentioned Age UK earlier and you've done some work there. So, so, that's, then, yeah. so, that's, so that's brilliant if they're sort of um, finding that and using phones and using yeah. modern technology. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And, and often I think people are surprised uh, how much, how many people do have smartphones and that sometimes they, they're not actually using them for photography. And then they suddenly realise, oh, I could be using this for photography. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 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 Vanessa, thank you thank very you much so for much. your time this thank morning. You. And um, yeah, have a lovely day. Let and me go you. back to your exhibition sorting yes, out. exactly. All right, thanks ever so thank much. Thank you. fascinating photography stuff Ooh, there isn't it yes I should get my camera and I'm gonna go out snapping in a minute perhaps go up snapping when we go jogging yeah <laughs> <laughs> snapping and jogging, jogging at the same time uh book collective shall we move on to yes let's okay see. so we are reading Caitlin Moran's what about men um we are reading chapter nine men talking to women and chapter 10 the advice of men now, I don't know about you, but I found these both these chapters a little bit boring. Yeah, mm. more dull, actually. Yeah. I was expecting great things from the rest of the book that we've read so far. has been highly exciting and an awful lot to talk about. But um, it, this did not stir anything. No. It was it was, uh, you know, not not um, not not great, actually. But not great in a bad way, just not not great. I didn't really learn anything from it. And we had we had some comments from Razia about it as well, didn't we? Shall I... Yeah, we did. Yeah. Let's let she's got she's made some really good points. She has. Look at point one, Lou. So on chapter nine, which is called Men Talking to Women, she said, number one, I hadn't realized that men found it difficult to talk to women generally. We all get tongue tied when we fancy someone. Is is that what the chapter's about? Yeah, um, we couldn't really work out what I it was about. I either. couldn't work it out. I mean, like I say, that, that I think that's a, a person, that's a human being kind of thing, whether you do or you don't, or you're com yeah. confident or not confident. I wouldn't have said it was a man or a woman thing, but what do I know? Yeah, because she sort of begins with a conversation about pickup artists, doesn't yeah. she? Um, and I thought men talking to women would be a bit like Razia said last week, the difficulties uh, of men that men seem to have to when they talk to women they seem to have to fix everything don't yeah they? And, and starting that and, conversation and starting the conversation and, and, chatting people up yeah um but she talks about um about pickup artists and rules for picking um picking women up and sleeping with women um and how caitlin's friend hugo had tried it he'd been out with a pickup artist a professional, a professional pick, who'd written a book um and it worked but he said it was really 
horrible. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, because it's he he the guy he was out with was Neil Strauss and he he's written a pickup manual uh, called The Game. Um I thought it was just very belittling and very it was I found it interesting to see from a I think God, if that is a male point of view and they think that that's no wonder we have so yeah. many problems because basically the game the book the manual is all about negging yeah, it which is. we know from Maddie's book how yeah. dangerous that is Maddie and Holt were talking about yeah. there which talked about negging in a relationship negging is like a passive aggressive you know, making your part, paying your partner a compliment, but saying, oh, it, you, your makeup looks all right, but I prefer you without makeup. Yeah, you it's nice back, almost makeup. what we would call a backhanded comment, it is. isn't it? it the, is. the old fashioned way. It is. To make you feel a bit shit yeah. about yourself. So really. they can make you actually, you know, they think you, they are going to make you feel better. Yeah. But um, she says she likes the analogy um, that Caitlin draws between pickup artists having bad magic and the Midas touch. Yeah, I've not heard of the rules of improv com- comedy. And yes, this would be a good thing for everyone to learn. Would certainly make conversations more interesting and fun. Yeah. You, you see, I think I used to work with a girl absolutely stunningly like beautiful. You'd stop in the street and look at her and go, you are beautiful. And she is beautiful. Her partner is not so, you know, you wouldn't even notice him. Mm. And um, she she said, people often ask why I'm with him. She said, because he laughed me into bed and I, yeah. he ha- is so funny. He makes me smile every day. And and that, and he's attractive to her because of exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. And so this, this was quite, this is quite horrible. And this, this Strauss, this Midas touch that, um, Razia was talking about I thought that was really clever as well what Caitlin did there because it was basically saying um that turning every the Midas touch as we know is turning things to gold and it sounds fantastic doesn't it until maybe you go to touch your penis and then you've got (laughs) you've got you've got a gold knob that won't do very much (laughs) and and it's this this thing that that the pickup artists this negging thing that he he was doing basically he he goes around um chatting women up uh, Playing them, paying them a compliment, but then really saying something quite nasty to them, making them feel a bit shit. But then, then either doing a kind of sleight of hand magic trick, or you know, saying something sort of out there. And so, what the the analogy is that you know, it may sound something good, and you may get them into bed, but does it lead to anything lasting? Exactly. It's just it's just shagging. It is just just shagging. And Strauss reckons, yeah, you have to sort of mildly insult them to intrigue them. I mean, I thought it was it was a bit like an animal. It was so like yeah, yeah. And then um, and even him himself and Caitlin says that this his second book didn't sell as well because it was called his bloody first book. No, but it was called Truth because he actually said actually it worked, but it doesn't make you happy. And it's not a lasting relationship. It's no. just sex, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And the, the, what I was thinking, Lou, was why does it feel so difficult for for a young man to talk to a young woman? And I think it all comes back to the Margaret Atwood quote in the beginning of the book, men are afraid women will laugh at them. Yeah. And I think that's what it is, isn't it? Or oh, their oh, mates will laugh at but them. But aren't we all afraid of that? Yes, we are. But yeah. you know what? You just got you just got to keep ploughing yeah. through. Yeah, I think so. 
And mm. Caitlin gave a, gave a list. I don't know what you thought of the list. Caitlin gave, gives us a list of things to talk to women about. It's sort of advice for men. Um, but I don't know. I wasn't very keen on the list. And I also think women are so individual. Yeah. Uh, we don't all enjoy. That was putting us all in a box. It was. I mean, I, I was only, in, the only thing I was in, interested on her list were the crisps and holidays. I'm not interested in Love Island or no. you know the other stuff no um, I thought that was that was very that went all over my head her yeah, list yeah actually. yeah I, I would look the other things I wouldn't have a clue about um but I quite like the improv stuff like Razia mentioned the the improv which was basically to so when you are talking to somebody was to sort of say or is that in the next chapter? Am I going on? No, the, no, the that and was, yes, or yeah. yes, and to sort of, if somebody does talk to you, always say, don't cut them off. No. You can always just say, yes, and, and then you add and to add, it. And this is it. how the conversation yeah. moves forward, yeah, doesn't it? I, I, I did, I'd say I struggled with both of those. I mean, we move on to chapter 10, the advice of men. Um, <coughs> Razia also has a comment on this. She said, this was very different to what I expected. I mm. thought it would be about the practical solution providing approach of men but was in fact about the books of men or Jordan um, B. Peterson's books um, <clears throat> should read this chapter but but they're the least likely to to they're least likely to given that it was written by a woman so uh, Jordan P. Peterson fans that's what I meant to say. Should, Should read, read it, chapter. but they won't. They won't no. because it's written by a woman. <coughs> she thought it was amusing and insightful. I didn't. I think it's because Jordan B. Peterson. I was just automatically in a negative frame of mind. Yeah, definitely. He's he. When I first saw Jordan Peterson or heard him talk, I was quite impressed. This was years ago. I'm talking, mm. and I thought he could be quite a good role model for boys but this is again years ago um and he's sort of changed since yeah, then massively. And, yeah um and but she was noticing wasn't she how there was no men's section in bookshops how yeah. you've got this because they are the generic you know default aren't they yeah. I suppose um <clears throat> and um what why um there's a quote here <clears throat> excuse me from Jonathan Coe and she says um uh, I dislike generalizations as a rule, but statistically, the male reader's choice is more thrillers or mm. fantasy, while women are more likely to go for literary, literary, literary fiction um, that suggests to me that women read books to understand themselves and men to escape themselves. I thought that was a very yeah, interesting because, quote. Because I mean, you, you look at how many self-help <coughs> books, you look at how many menopause books are out there and yeah. self-help books and nutrition. I mean, how many people we've interviewed for the podcast, you know, females, women, yeah. and they're all about actually trying to help and improve women's lives. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I and there, there are other ones out there, aren't they? But I don't think they're aimed at, at no. men, are they? And the ones that are aimed at men are derogatory sporty, to women. A lot, lot of them. sporty sporty. Ones, you know. I, I, she, you're right. And she talks about that, doesn't she, with the military ones? Now, yes. that, that annoyed me slightly as well. Yeah, you see, I, I struggled with both of these chapters because they were just annoying me. Yeah, yeah. They, they did me well as a you know military wife as I was for not in the choir for though. many I wasn't in the choir <clears throat> oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> but um C Caitlin writes about the very many military books usually in the form of a memoir um and I want to add there are also many of a similar ilk by journalists as well um like war correspondents there's mm -hmm. lots of those out there 
might be very interesting. But as a previous military wife, what I'd like to ask is how many of their wives and partners have written books and memoirs? Because these are the stories um, men should also read, because these are the reasons a man can have a military career. They can usually only have their career if they've got good support behind them. Most have a woman at home uh, bringing up their family single-handedly, sometimes moving around, putting themselves in their careers last. Um, And also I've met quite a lot of men in the SAS. um, And although there might be exceptions, I've met many that do have a bit of a God complex. Um, I don't really want to be reading about them in their memoirs. Um, and, and I think that's pretty similar as well in a, in, a, in a much watered down part of the RNLI, which I'm a part of. Yes. You know, if it wasn't for the partner, you know, the amount of birthdays, christenings and things and places I've been left. Yes. And with young children. You're right. You're you know, right. So that goes through and all those sort of mostly male dominated um, either volunteer roles, work roles. Um, it is the partner that actually yeah. holds it all together. Yeah, it is. But they don't, I mean, I haven't read many of those no. memoirs myself, but I don't think they mention their family lives. They're all about what, what they what they did. And it's, you know, they, they've done some very brave things, yes. But um, I do think it would benefit all men if in those books you also clarified what was going on behind you to allow you, you. to do all that yeah. stuff. Um, and that's something Jordan Peterson doesn't really do, is it? I mean, she she says, um, I think, where is it? Page 186. Um, whenever Peterson hits on the truth, it's usually somebody else's. Yeah. So most of his books, he's just kind of regurgitating stuff that he's... It's almost plagiarism, he's, he's isn't it? picked up. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, I don't know. So it's a little bit so disappointed. Not, not, so I'm hoping the next two chapters, chapter 11 and chapter 12 next week will um bring us back maybe they will because i think we're all you you i and razia are a bit disappointed it wasn't more about the co- just the general conversations i suppose she's got to look maybe at she got to the misogyny the and got a little bit like oh i don't know what to write yeah next. but there's loads you could write about conversations oh, between men and women isn't there Maybe we're going to hear about that. Yeah, I hope so, Caitlin. Let's keep going. Yes, and I suppose she has got to raise those points about people like him, haven't they? Because they're having a... The whole chapter's on a, them? No, no. No. What are we reading next time, Lou? Chapters... 11 and 12. 11 and 12. And what are 11 and 12? Hang on, I'm just finding the right page so I can tell you. Hang on, bear with. So chapter 11 is The Manosphere... I'm going to look for, I'm quite looking forward to that one. Yes. And chapter 12 is the fatherhood of men. Hmm. Well, that's just what we've been talking about today. So let's, yes. let's see how that goes. Let's see. So WI, Lou. Oh, we had a giggle. We went running. We, did. we yeah. went for our first run. Um, and this is because we're actually out running with a pro, Louise Butcher, aren't we, later The topless on. runner in a topless few weeks runner. for International Women's Day. Cannot wait. But I think my feet will have to wait. <laughs> you're, the, you're willing. You're, I'm willing. Your mind's willing, so but your excited, feet aren't. I excited, wasn't I? We were going along so well. We were going along so well. That in the Lou, rain, Lou in the pouring rain. You actually remember certain things, could you? Let's just, we were running walking, weren't we? Yeah, we Let's we just did. run. Well, let's, we'll run to the next one. I said, the next what? She said, the, that, the, the next one. I said, the next what? 
the, the tall thing with the light on the top. <laughs> that would be a lamppost, Luke. Yeah, yeah. So we were running to a lamppost, walking to a lamppost, running to a lamppost, walking to a lamppost. Yeah. yeah. We ran across train tracks. Oh, we did down a track. Marks and Spencers. Oh, we had it all going on. We had it all going on, didn't we? And then I, yeah, and I felt really good. And I could feel my foot. I mean, I've had this for about, oh, since Christmas, my plantar fasciitis. And I could feel it was, you know, I'd slathered a load of brufen on it and taken a, dropped a few pills before I went running. (laughs) And it was just amazing to be out there running. And we had such a lovely, lovely time. It was crap weather. Shit weather. It didn't matter, did it? No. And it was getting dimpsy. Yeah. But um, yeah, then the next day, well, I couldn't sleep that night because of the pain. And the next day I tried to get out of bed and just burst into tears. So I'm I'm going to try, I'm I'm hopefully, I'm waiting for a phone call. I'm hopefully going to see somebody and get it sorted. Um, But you're going to do a couple little runs on your own. And then I'm going to hopefully catch you up. Not literally. Yeah. And um, we'll get back to it. Yeah. If push comes to shove, I'm taking my bike. Yes. You'll be there. (laughs) I'll be, I'm coming. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing something. In our underwear on uh, the day after international women's yes. day is isn't it so yeah that would be in good North Devon. so we're going to carry on with that wi and with the kindness we're still carrying going yes. with that um yeah um my turn for a quote it is your it? turn for a quote so, so what have you got for us i have got because um last week lovely dr nagat mentioned colleen hoover didn't she yes she did colleen yeah so I went down a bit of a rabbit hole with Colleen because I'd never heard of her. Actually, and I thought... I have, yes, because I saw you Googling her when she mentioned yes. it. I was like, here we go. Ooh, who is she? I need to know more. Um, so I found this beauty, which I absolutely loved. Um, so Colleen Hoover, when life gives you lemons, make sure you know whose eyes you need to squeeze them in. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm not advocating violence and we all go around hurting people, but... It's only, it's only, it's only juice. It's only it's lemon acidic. juice. But I, I have a meeting, Lou, this week, don't I, with Devon NHS. Yeah. We are NHS Menopause Clinic for Devon, so I know exactly where I'll be squeezing my lemons. Where, you, where are you going to be squirting yourself? <laughs> be, not on myself. <laughs> Oh, what a week. Fantastic week. Yes. yes. Thank you to lovely Vanessa. So we hope your tea's not gone cold and that you'll join us next Sunday for The Collective. We would love you to subscribe, favourite and review our podcast. It really helps us spread the word. And if you've enjoyed our podcast, you can buy us a coffee and help us to keep going at ko-fi.com forward slash Womankind Collective. The link is in our podcast show notes. So please head over to our Instagram page, Womankind Collective, to leave comments or DM us with your thoughts or watch us and our guests on our Womankind Collective YouTube channel. And lastly, you will find all the links, guest details and the hashtag Where's My Clinic campaign petition from Menopause Clinic in Devon on the podcast show notes. There we go. I'm going to go out and take a few photos I'm while the sun's shining. I'm going to be all Fantasia, fantastic, oh, Afro. Yeah. No, what am I going to be? Af- Al- Alpha Fantasia. Hypo Fantasia. No, I'm not. I'm the other one. Aphantasia. There's hyper and hypo. Yeah. So if you can see a little bit, you're hypo. Yes, that's right. If that's you can't see anything, it's aphantasia. Yes, it's too much. Yeah, and if you can see everything, you're hyper. I'm, I'm, I'm minus hypo. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're just so similar, aren't we? Oh. Well, let's take our hypo fantasia selves and out. Our squirty and look lemon at, juices. Oh, yes. <laughs> We've got a busy day coming up. <laughs> See you soon. Bye.